This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Ryan Horvath. Hey, see Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, the fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy Dusty Evely filling in for Ryan Horvath today, who is out sick. Uh, very, very nice of him to do so on short notice. Film analyst for Cheesehead TV, Pack-A-Day podcast, Packer Report. He does it all. Follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely. Um, I, I don't know where to start. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, Packers lose 1917. And uh, I guess I will start with, I really am sick of Packer fans. Like, I am really sick of most of you. Uh, most of uh, all of you <laughs> listening. I'm sick fair. of most of you. If you're on Twitter, more than likely, I don't like you at this point. I don't understand what everybody thought was going to occur. Now, Ryan Horvath, to his credit, has been pissed off at Goody for a while because he pretty much said you pretty much didn't give Jordan love a chance to succeed with what you gave him to work with. You gave him first and second year players at wide receivers, rookies at tight ends. You were going to have problems running the wrong routes, missing blocking assignments. All this stuff was bound to occur. And yes, I see a lot of people. Well, this is Jordan Love's fourth year. He should be playing like a, a seasoned vet. There are rookies playing better than him. Right, but a lot of those guys have veteran players around them that have been in the league and know what they're doing. Jordan Love doesn't have that benefit at this point. And could you imagine, just imagine, if 12 was still here this year with what Jordan Love has to work with and what that offensive line looks like? Could you imagine how pissed off 12 would be? Like, he would have a full head of gray hair by this point, Dusty. A full it, head of gray hair. It would be, like, the, the greatest Sunday lip reading. That would be, <laughs> that would be like, the sport this year. Would be, if, if Rodgers was still around, that would be, like, Let's read the lips after that third down play where you got two guys in the same area. Yes. And we'll just see how this goes. <laughs> right. 
I mean, there's just no way. And then the other thing of, whoa, this, this, the screen was open or, oh, this was open underneath and he threw the ball long. Right. Because 12 never, ever did that. 12 never ignored somebody open in the middle of the field and threw the ball deep. Again, he's been watching 12 and he was playing hero ball just like he did the previous week. He was trying to win the game was what Jordan Love was trying to do. All right. I, I have so much more to rant about, but I, I brought you on to talk, not to have me rant the whole time. So you I, tell I'm me, what's your rant. analysis of Jordan Love so far? Uh, I it's weird. So I've not dug into this past game yet. Um, for the record, I'm I'm kind of trying to go through it now. Uh, I haven't gotten too far through it. So this past game, I'm not really sure. Um, it looks to me, uh, kind of what's happening with him for some of it is he's he's currently losing trust in some of his guys being where they're supposed to be. Yep, he's being much quicker to check it down. I know his, I've not, again, I've not looked at, I've not been able to chance to dug, dig into this past game yet, but his, not that this is the end all be all his a dot. So his average depth of target coming into this week, or maybe coming to the past game was the highest in the league. He was like averaging, like it was like 9.8 yards per attempt or something or air yards per target, I guess it was one the, coming into this game. They said it on the telecast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And this game he was at, I'm looking at it now. He was at 6.8. And it felt like that. It was a whole lot of, he had some deep shots. Um, that last one, I don't know, that last one based on comments and stuff, I don't think it was hero ball. I don't think anyone else was open. They found a look. They thought they had it. It obviously was not there. He safety. said he didn't think the safety was going to get all the way over there. He said he yeah. never saw the safety when he threw the ball. Yeah, I think based on the coverage, and I think they wanted they wanted him to bite down. The safety just never bit. Like, I did look at that a little bit. Safety didn't bite. They thought he was going to. That was a planned shot. So it's not really hero ball. And even then, like, I know there was like, Jaden Reed's middle, open in the middle. No, he wasn't. He was he was open because the ball was out and the guy started rallying. Jaden Reed's not open on that play, uh, but his eight out six point eight and it feels like it. And I think part of what we're seeing with him now is he's real quick to get to the enemy stuff. They've got some quick game dialed up, and I think he's been doing pretty good at that. But I think there are some chances for some intermediate throws, and I think he's moving off of it so fast. He's kind of looking, he's checking, he's going through that read really, really quick. And oh, if it's not there immediately, I'm checking it down because he's had some issues with that so far, whether through some inaccuracy he's had on his own or also just some guys not being where they're supposed to be. So he's a little more willing to be like, I know my check down's there. I'm checking, I'm taking my check down, I'm taking the guy underneath. So I think we're seeing that from him as the season goes on. Uh, I don't. I don't know that he's playing better or worse, which, which again, like you said, some of this is hard to tell because I do think there's been also, there's been breakdowns, of the offensive line. So I think that's speeding his clock up a little bit. So we're now seeing this, like he had one, um, it was one to Musgrave that he had Jones kind of open in the middle. That was Jones was a check down Musgrave's part of the concept. So I've not, I've not dug into all that yet, but that's one that I think he probably works down because the way it's, it's like everything's spread out. And then Jones is just right open in the middle. I think if he's got a little more time, he works over to that. He's got a guy, he's got a free rusher in his face just to break down a protection up front. So he, he's got to dump that out to Musgrave uh, in the flat covered as opposed to kind of working back through it. So it's tough to get a full, I will say it's tough to get a full evaluation of him. I think his reads for the most part still seem like he's good. He seems like he's sped up. He seems like he's checking down a little more willingly because he's being sped up, but also that deep ball accuracy just still isn't there. No, like that. That's a concern. And he had one, and this is one I want to look at. He had one that looked like Watson was like open on a deep corner and he missed him by like under through by like 10 yards or something. I'm curious to look at that one to see like, is that an underthrow? Is that pressure? Is that well? Good uh, news is Christian Watson won't be able to stay on the field for that to matter now going forward because <laughs> which is, I heard his which knee. is bad, which is bad that he's not going to be out there. But that's the thing. Like I don't know if that's a wrong route. I don't know if that's an underthrow. But his accuracy just is that even on the um, the Dobbs touchdown, the Dobbs touchdown, that sucker needs to be the pylon. He throws that inside, and Dobbs has strong hands and wrestles that away. Yep. 
but that needs to be further towards the pylon. So there, there's still some weird timing and some accuracy. It's I, I don't feel any differently about him now than I did before the season. Honestly, <laughs> like, I'd he's love still to know all the same stuff. Like, what did you all do for two weeks? Like, what I'm curious. What did you do? Like, what changes did you institute to make yourself better? I, I'll tell you what I think happened. Lafleur went back and watched everything and said, "Got a bunch of dudes not in the right spots." Like consistently, just not in the right spots. Like I'm not changing anything. To hell with it. My concepts are right. They just got to run the right damn routes, and we'll be able to do this. And we got to protect better on the offensive line. It, it's not that I'm doing. It's what our team is doing. But again, this is the role that Goody puts you in. Now he didn't see Bakhtiari be gone for the rest of the year. Yeah, Rasheed Walker sucks, and I, there is good. no way to put it. He's horrible. And you had him out there again this week, and I said at halftime of the last game that they should put Yash out there. If he's the same, fine, but at least see what happens. I, if he sucks, he sucks, but I want to at least see it. He can't be worse, and we come back into this game, and not only is Rasheed Walker bad in this game, but then Elton Jenkins sinks in this game as well. Tom now, he wasn't may great either. Full, he may not be fully healthy, so I, I don't want to go no. full in on Elton Jenkins. Maybe that knee's still bothering him, and he's just playing through it because they have to have him. But that whole left side of the line was not good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And and on the floor point, I do I do want to go back to that. This is this is where I get into this question of like players or coaching and coach the players you have. You can't fully neuter your offense. Like you cannot. I know there's there's calls for that after the Raiders game was like, why do you have Tucker Kraft blocking Max Crosby? Because that's a core concept, and like a tight end has to do that. To your point earlier, that's part of what they put themselves into with these young guys. But you can't fully neuter your offense. But I do think there is. Um, I don't, I don't know the, the best way to put this without without making people angry. I guess um, I'm I don't a big care Lef- about that. I don't I care a, about making people angry. It doesn't bother me at all. I, Go ahead. I do. I so I'm a big Lafleur fan. I do. I think he's very good. I think uh, I think his concepts are good in an ideal world. I think his concepts are good. I think what he's done this year uh, is for what he's shown. Um, what he's dialing up, I think, has been tremendous. Um, I'm a big big fan of him. However, that's all ideal world. That's all ideal world. I think they need to simplify this a bit. I think I think uh, Love is maybe overthinking some stuff a little bit, and I do think they need to like. I'm gonna say air raid, uh, the go to air raid stuff, which is not like pass the ball sixty times a game. The po- the whole point of air raid stuff is like we've got like six concepts, man. We're just we're drilling these suckers like till we know these six things inside and out. And yes, it's simplistic, but you put little tweaks on that that can make that a little easier to do. But with these guys who are again this week running the wrong routes, with guys always like uh, not always a lot of guys in the wrong spot. Breaks are wrong. Guys are not where they're supposed to be. Depth, depth of breaks may be wrong that we don't know yep. about, and that's yeah. why they're all stacked up. I, a lot of that's yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I think it needs to be not ripped down to the studs, but I think it needs to be simplified, like down to an air raid level. Okay, we've got we've got these six formations. We've got these four personnel groups. We've got these handful of concepts. We want to really, 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 really drill. We need to know these things inside and out. And then we build off of that. And that's, and that to me, that's a, that's an off season. Let's say you can't really do that now. It's tough to do that now. That's an off season. That's a simplify a little bit during the bye week. And maybe they did to some extent. I haven't seen looked at the past game yet, but I mean, that's with the issues they're having. That's the answer. That's just tough to implement in season at this point. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next 
last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If DeGuara can't block, he can't be on the field either. And I he, think he was not bad. I, oh, he, he, he missed he missed oh. a big one. He missed a big one. For the most part, I don't think he's been bad. If you're if you're looking at the problems this offensive had, no, DeGuara is real me. far down. Yeah. DeGuara is yeah, far down the list, I think. But yeah, I, I they he needs to be better than he has been. Uh, and he just is who he is at this point. Yeah. Uh, but he's not been he has not been the issue. I think Kraft had some moments this week. Like that's the thing. Like some some guys looked a little better. Like that's yep. been good. But there's AJ also Dillon. the same issues. Best game we've seen from Dylan in two years at this point. I feel like right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I I just think this needs to be simplified to a level that I just don't think they're equipped to do right now. But that's it's just it's the same issues over and over again. And at some point, it's you got to coach the players you have. You've got to put something out there that's good for them. And I feel like there's just there's too much going on. I say this like it's a bad thing. The offense is too complex. It's a good offense. It's a good offense. But there's just, I think, LaFleur's stretch may be a little too thin. I'm not sure about the position coaches, the offensive coordinator, all of that stuff. There's breakdowns there. And it's just, I think you have an offensive line coach as your offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, no they talking they, about that. They Peter but, principled themselves like just, just right into this mess, basically. Yes. I mean, that, and I'm not going to sit there and blame this all on Stenovich because LaFleur's the one calling plays, not Stenovich or whatever. But from the creative creatives standpoint and the different things that you can do when that's your guy, and this is all he's kind of been is here. He hasn't been anywhere else, hasn't mm-hmm. run with any other offenses, hadn't been in any other situations. You know, in the NBA, a guy that's been a head coach, a guy that's been around, seen a lot of things to be that sounding board, to be that guy in timeout, so forth. And then your gray hair quits like Terry Stotts did right before the season. That always works out well. Um, but that was that's the concept. The little floor needs one. He really does. Like this offseason, if I if it's me, I'm finding him a gray hair. He doesn't have to replace Stenovich. He can be the associate head coach, whatever, make up a title. They have a million coaches anyhow. Make something up and give him a former head coach to come in here, preferably one with, on the offensive side of the football that can come in and help with some concepts and help with some adjustments because that's the other thing, Dusty. How can you be so bad in the first half of games and then look like a completely different freaking offense in the second half of games? It happened again this week. Same thing. Yeah, no, it, I mean, you're right. It absolutely did. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know what the slow starts are. I don't know if they're trying really hard to uh, build their stuff up, if they're trying hard to establish what they want to do down the line. They, they're, they're leaning hard into the run game. And that's one thing for me. The run game is not working. They need to, they need to not necessarily abandon that because you do need that. They need to not lean on that so heavy. They need to try to, to, basically use the short passing game as the run game. And I think that's one of the issues to, to your gray hair point. Um, I'm, I mean, that's been, I'm going to invoke a name uh, here that, that probably is not super popular. It's just Mike Patton with the reason they kept Mike Patton around when the floor came in is because he had former head coach experience. And that was if LaFleur need to spend yeah. a little bit more time on the offense, if he needed someone else to run the team for him, 
he had Petten there. He could lean on Petten a little bit. Uh, and so if he needed to, uh, okay, I need to step back a little bit. You know, the defense is on the field. I need to talk to my offense. I need to spend some time there. We've got some stuff to clean up. I know that Petten, this former head coach, has got this. That's the reason Petten was there. That's the reason Petten was there for as long as he was, was that comfort level. They don't have that. It, so it's 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 the coaching staff. Like I said, the coaching staff is not only come up, but the coaching staff is, is very young. And so he doesn't really have anyone that he can rely on there. I mean, I do think that's a when you have a head coach that's also not necessarily the offensive coordinator, but he's the play caller. And that is kind of his side of the ball. When you have a guy with that specialty and he needs to focus on the play calling, you need someone who like if other stuff's going on, you need someone that's able to kind of step up and do that. And I don't know if they have that. Even someone like um, uh, who was it, Jerry Gray. I might be wrong on this. Montgomery was the D line coach. Gray was yep. the secondary coach, right? Gray like Gray. he had been around forever. And secondary so if there's coach. things to fix, yeah. On the, on the defensive uh, secondary, he had a guy that could do some of that. Well, Jerry Gray's at the door now. So there is just a lot of young guys. It's hard to troubleshoot that stuff when your attention is elsewhere. So I'm Dusty Evely. Follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely, film analyst for Cheesehead TV, Packaday Podcast, Packer Report. Download the Curtain Long Podcast Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays by 5 p.m. Central Time. Each one of those three days on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. You can also check it as we live stream all of these bad boys for the most part, unless I'm by myself, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, Curd and Long. Running game, not working. Is the running game not working because the offensive line isn't blocking well? Is the running game not working because of who's running the football? Is the running game not working because of play design and situation? Uh, what would you say? I would say uh, it's funny because we're coming off like their best rushing game of the year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they had been very, very bad. And it was even like it was if you looked at their numbers before contact, this is the number that I keep I keep trotting out with well, their running game before this game. Their best rushing game was against the Broncos in week one. They had one rushing yard before contact. That means like all of their all of the production came after they were hit. There's no movement up front. And so to me, that's the big thing. They they got some lanes against the Broncos, but even then, I don't know that I saw a whole lot of, there was some climbing to the second level for like the first time this year. So for the most part, they're, even if it's successful, they're opening gaps up front. They're creating no movement. They're not climbing anything to the, to the second level. Like you can't, that was the thing with the Lions. Like they tried to do the run. They couldn't. And so there's only so much you can do when you can't create movement and you can't block guys. Like that's kind of, okay. What, what do we have now? We can't create holes. We can't create movement. We can't come to a second level. We're putting the, all of that on our running backs. And I don't care who how good your running back is, unless it's like prime Priest Holmes or something. Like you're going to have a tough time sledding with there. So I think Jones being back helps because there are some of that the outside toss stuff they can do. They've got the, the pin pull out of shotgun that they'll kind of do that quick toss off to one side, you know, find a lane. He'll come right. back there. That's a very good concept for them. That was very good for them last year. Uh, Dylan had a nice run on that this past week, but that's typically a Jones thing. So I think you're hampered a little bit in terms of what you can run, what you can call when it's AJ Dillon. I know we saw um, a Wilson out there a decent amount this past week as well. And Jones still obviously is not hundred percent. I don't know what his snaps were on the game, but he clearly is still not hundred percent. He's on a pitch count, but the the main thing, I think it's, it's, it's offensive line that even, even on the games where the offensive line has been good, it's mainly a bit in pass protection. They, they, I don't think they've had a good run blocking game again, maybe this past week. I've not looked at it close enough yet, uh, but the, when the line cannot create movement and um, they can't climb, like you're hampered in terms of what you're going to be able to do. That's always going to be limited. That's a, that's that's the that's the number one issue for this running game. Let's talk about uh, the defensive side of the ball uh, because again, Joe Barry gets hammered a lot, but that defense hasn't been giving up necessarily a ton of points uh, as of late. But then you see, you know, different people on Twitter breaking down the film, and I saw one today down in the goal line that was a touchdown. I got called back because of a penalty. 
you've got multiple tight ends and an extra lineman for the Broncos, uh, and the Packers are a nickel uh, at the goal line. And everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, okay, so you didn't give up a lot of points, and you were on the – and Rajul Douglas said it great. He's like, okay, fine. You can say our offense sucks and whatever, but we had the lead. They gave us the lead. All we had to do was get them off the field, and we win the football game. Regardless of how bad you think our offense is, we have to be able to make those stops. And they weren't. But how much of that – I mean, you're watching the film more than I am, obviously. How much of them getting off the field is being put in bad predicaments – by Joe Barry in down in situation as much as it is them, you know, air mailing tackles and missing guys and, and so forth. Yeah. I mean, it, it all, it all becomes a problem. Um, I, I mean, I do think the personnel stuff, that's very easy to point to. It's like, listen, if you don't have the right personnel package out there, uh, then your guys are not in a position to succeed. So that's part of it. I mean, I do think they, they've had some issues and obviously they've had some injuries. Um, you know, I think Savage was playing well, Savage went down, um, which then you have, you know, Jonathan Owens out there instead, which I don't know that he played terribly, but Savage had been playing relatively well. Like, it's just, I I don't, I think it's twofold. They don't have necessarily the best personnel to kind of run some of this stuff, but also they're not putting him in the best position to succeed. And and I was excited about the defensive line coming into the year, as excited as you can be about a Packers defensive line, I guess. Uh, I was I was excited to see what they could do. I thought they had some guys up front. Some of those guys aren't performing like you would hope. I know why why it went down early, but then some of those guys like they they're not out there in the position that maybe they should be out there. So I think it's a generic answer. I think everything plays into it. I think there are, there are not necessarily matching personnel in the way they should be, but also I think guys are not necessarily performing in the way that you'd hope they'd be either. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all new nitrogen infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How much better do we think this defense actually is if it's a defensive, different defensive coordinator? I brought this up. I was at last week or whatever, because uh, there's this report out about Rex Ryan possibly replacing Vance Joseph in Denver or whatever Pat McAfee put out there. And I said, okay, so Rex Ryan versus Joe Barry. You know, what 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 about that? Would you rather have Rex Ryan than Joe Barry at this point? Now, again, to what we just talked about, right? That's a former head coach that had success with the Jets, got to conference championship games over and over again, whatever. But this is a guy is not going to deal with LaFleur coming and telling him what to do at halftime of a game. That's not going to fly. So, you know, if you were to bring in a Rex Ryan, you get the gray hair, you get the former head coach, you get the experience, you get the guy that's going to be fiery and screaming and yelling and getting his eyes all jacked up every game to play and all of that. But LaFleur has to be okay with, that's his side of the ball, leave him alone. And that's your side of the ball in offense, and you leave Matt alone. And as long as we all agree with how this is going to work, I think it could work. My question just is, is the talent as good as we as a Packer fan base thinks they are, uh, or is it on the coaching like the Packer fan base thinks it is? 
Yeah, I go again. Some of this, I, I go with the, kind of what I said with the offense side of the ball is coach the players you have. Like to me, this this defense with the speed and some of the guys they have. Obviously, Jair wasn't out there, but we know Rasul wants to take risks. We know Rasul wants to play downhill. We know Savage is fast. We know he can play physical. He wants to play downhill. Like you've got guys. You've got Kenny Clark who can slice through the line. Like you've got these guys who I think can play fast, can play downhill. This has been uh, this has been my issue with Barry more than any of the personnel stuff is, is they play, they play a brand of defense that I don't particularly like is this, this passive, you know, bend, but don't break because then they end up breaking. And this year they'd been better. Cause last year, the problem was, is bend don't break, but then they're also given up. Cause the whole thing is like, you keep it in front of you, make the tackles. Well, last year they were missing the tackles and they're also breakdowns on the backside. And so they were just giving up explosives due to breaks and coverage. I think this year they've been better against tackling. I've not looked at the numbers and I think they've been better uh, not giving up big plays over the top of their heads. The problem is that they still just, they're giving up long drives because they play passive. I like the, right. um, this was in a, uh, Fritz Schirmer book that I read and he always talked about like keep it keep it as simple as you can so your guys can play fast they can recognize they can attack that's the kind of defense that I feel like the personnel is there for this play downhill attacking aggressive defense and they don't have that I mean if we want to say specifically Rex Ryan uh I mean I do think again like to the offensive side I think having a guy who's a former head coach or at least has been around for a while to kind of just defensive side yours man just run this uh, and then I won't tell you what to do. You won't tell me what to do. I think that's the best route. Now, I, I have hesitations about Rex Ryan, a guy who's not coached in like five years coming in and doing that. But I do think as someone who has established a little more in the league that has been around, I'm not always the biggest fan of, of bringing retreads in. But I think this is the case that calls for it. I think you need someone who you can just say, defensive side of the ball is yours. I don't care what you do. We will have conversations about it during the week, but during the game, I don't care. That's yours. I run the offense. You run the defense. I think that's the best step forward. And then you need could someone. You imagine train- could you imagine training? Right? Could you imagine training camp? Could you imagine training camp? Because he's going <laughs> to want that defense to kill the offense. Like th- There ain't going to be no two ways about this. So either your young offense is going to figure it out or we're going to eat you for lunch. Like that... That to me would be highly entertaining at training camp because LaFleur's not that guy, but LaFleur is very competitive. And you've seen more emotion from Matt LaFleur this year than you've ever seen from Matt LaFleur in the past. And I'm trying to figure out in my head is it good or is it bad that now we get emotional Matt LaFleur now that he's struggling and has a young team? Like, is it a good look for the locker room? Is this this different Matt LaFleur? And again, a lot of these guys weren't here prior to this. But some of these guys like Kenny Clark and stuff are probably like, who the hell is this guy? Like, th- this dude was not this dude before. I, I just, I-, I wonder how that plays in the locker room with the way he's acted to this point. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's the thing. Like, the, it does, how much of that carries over the locker room versus how much a sideline? And, and yeah, how much do those guys need it? I, I mean, for a coach, I mean, the biggest thing for a coach is, not only the team, but you coach the guys that you have. That, that's one of the biggest things is you, you're coaching differently. Your coach style difference uh, differs depending on who you're talking to. One guy might need tough love. One might get. One guy might need a shoulder to cry on. Like it's a, a confidant. Like it just it depends on the guys you're coaching. So how much of that is sideline heat of the moment versus how much of that is like locker room during the week? Because that, I mean that can be. I will say, like, if you look at teams that have lost and then the coaches lost the locker room, sometimes that is a guy being way too hard on his team and. Uh, and just screaming and yelling and those guys say, I don't know what else you want me to do. And they, they turn on the coach and they just stop caring a little bit. Like we have seen that before, but I will say again, with not being in a locker room, I have no idea. We'll say we see the LaFleur on the sideline and he's, there's more emotion. And he's mad and he's upset. And I mean, I don't know if he has ever right to be, I think, but then you see him at the podium afterwards and he is constantly, constantly putting stuff on him 
that is not on him. He's it, he, That's been him the entire time he's been in Green Bay. This is on me. That was a bad play call. Like, that wasn't a bad play call. It was bad. <laughs> execution this this isn't your fault uh for a lot of this but he will he will constantly put the blame on him to deflect from his players every opportunity he does at the podium so which guy is that in the locker room which guy is that during the week we really don't know i i gotta follow up because when we say you and i say well the guy ran the wrong route well the guy was in the wrong situation common packer fan is gonna go but guys, that's coaching. They don't have them ready to play. That's their fault. This is still on LaFleur at the end of the day. Fair or unfair? Fair to a point, I'd say. Because and this and this is where I struggle with where to put a lot of the blame here is because I don't know who's responsible for what. You've got the coaches, you've got the assistant coaches. How much is LaFleur saying, "Listen, dude, I'm I'm going I'm doing the game plan. I'm doing the play calling. We're running, you know, I'm running practice obviously, you know, I'm the head coach." I'm a little scattered elsewhere. The re, you're, the wide receiver coach, you're responsible for the details on this. Like that's that's generally how that goes. Lafleur will be the overseer. Lafleur's doing again. The, he's doing doing the installs. He's looking at the play. The 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 next week's opponent. He's looking at tendencies. He's doing all that. He's looking at the big picture stuff. He doesn't have time as a head coach. You don't have time to say like, all right, I want to make sure you're breaking at five routes and you're breaking at seven. You've got the overall concept. That's why you have assistant coaches and you need assistant coaches that you can trust and you can trust to do the, the job. Now, again, so the, it all gets really sticky and it gets really messy because overall the four is responsible for that. Correct. However, some of that stuff is that's the offensive coordinator getting guys in that position. That's the position coaches, making sure guys know what they're supposed to be doing on these concepts. But then you can also say like, this is the difference where like head coach, uh, the floor, the head coach versus head, uh, the floor, the admin, right? I think the floor is a good head coach. I don't know that he's the best at hiring guys. I think he sticks with guys a little too often. So you could so then you can say, well, this is ultimately on the floor because he's stuck with this wide receiver coach. He's stuck with the offensive coordinator when it clearly wasn't working. I think that's fair. I think some of the some of the week to week looking at well, this is on the floor because that guy ran the wrong route. I don't think that's on the floor in terms of week to week, but I do think there is an issue with with maybe putting guys in a position that that they are not ready for. Now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Do you think Goody will look like a genius or end up cutting himself, uh, costing himself his job because of what he is essentially doing this year? Because... Coming into this year, he knew they weren't going to be good based on what he gave them to work with on offense. He knew darn right well that this was he was stacking the odds against Jordan Love in this offense, putting them with as many young players as he did around him. And the goal is, and he pretty much said it was, so, okay, yeah, we may take a step back this year, but the goal is, is to be better next year and build that competitive team back up. So essentially, giving Jordan Love dudes and saying, you all are going to grow together and in you know two or three years, then we're going to go and we're all going to do this kind of together. And then after you have your base guys, your tight ends, your wide receivers, then every once in a while we'll sprinkle in another young one, but give him his core group of guys to start over with. Unlike Rodgers, who walked into a veteran group of guys that Favre had, and they all knew what they were supposed to be doing. He was the only new piece. Now it's completely different. And running back room might be completely different next year, too. 
uh, based on what happens with Jones and Dylan and, and tackles. Those might be completely different uh, as well on the offensive line. Right now, Goot's the bad guy for doing this, but I think Goot knew damn right well what he was doing. I think LaFleur knew damn right well what was going to happen and the situation he was going to get put in. But do they come out looking good for this by, say, the end of next year, or is everybody looking for a job? I think it. Dep- I think this is the difference between fandom and what and the conversations in the building. I, I mean, I don't think anyone in the building was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to lose the Broncos. This is going to be fine." But I think if if the fandom and again, I've, this is something I've said. Like it's it's one thing we, as as Packers fans, as Packers writers, as Packers podcasters, or whoever. The conversation over this past season was like, "This is an evaluation year for everyone," and it's very easy to say that. It's harder to live through it. And so we say this is an evaluation and it's going to be ugly. Yep. And it's going to be herky-jerky at time. That's fine in July, dude. But we're in October now and they're losing the Broncos and it stinks. But this is not, I'd, I'd say inside that building, there are certainly some conversations happening because how do we lose to the Broncos? They're looking at this stuff every single week. How do we lose? Where did this go wrong? All of that stuff. But they knew what they were getting themselves into. And to an extent, like we knew as well. But it's just, again, it's different to live through it. And so I would say if there are fans, whoever out there calling for Gutekunst's head, I don't think those are the conversations in the building. I think this is, we're probably, the, I would, if I were to hazard a guess, I'd say the conversations in the building are something to the extent of, we are behind schedule from where we thought we were. We're not able to get a full evaluation from Jordan Love. However, however, this looks roughly like we thought it was going to. We're having bumps on the road. We're seeing some good, even in a loss like this, everything's not all good and everything's not all bad. There's good and there's bad to look at every single game. And so they're looking at this, they're evaluating what's the good, what's the bad. And they're looking at this from every angle they can. I don't think Gutekunst's job is on the line because again, this is what they planned for. If they wanted to this to go a little smoother, they would have kept Mercedes Lewis. They would have tried to bring in a, a veteran wide receiver. They would have like early in the off season, they would have done this so that they had a chance to grow. They knew what this was going to be, so I don't think I don't think Gutekunst or Lafleur's job is on the line this year. Just because I think in that building they're like, this is worse than we thought it was going to be, but this is roughly the same. This is roughly what we had planned for. The other problem with all of this is, and nobody wants to hear it, and no, everybody, ah, it's coming across the NFL, Sparky. I don't give a damn about the rest of the NFL. They did well, maybe they did plan, but. Going in, you're planning that Bakhtiari is finally going to be at left tackle to protect his blind side, and that's going to give him a sense of relief of, okay, I don't got to worry about getting killed every play. Elton Jenkins, nobody thought he was going to get hurt again and look like he does. So if those two are healthy and playing on the left side and Jones isn't hurt every other week, now all of a sudden, if that's what it looks like, I'm willing to bet you this is a completely different story. Because like you said earlier, his clock, Jordan Love's clock, is going a little bit quicker now because they're having problems protecting guys. Guys are getting crushed in the backfield on handoffs because guys are missing ta- guys are missing blocks. And that's the type of stuff that I don't think they really thought of coming in. They thought the best part of our offensive line is on the left side. He's not going to have to worry about that. So if something does break down with Runyon or Tom or Meyer, either he's going to see that and he can run and get out of that. They didn't anticipate the backside being a, the biggest issue, more so than the right side. Uh, and that's led to him seeing ghosts or whatever you want to say is going on with Jordan Love right now. They didn't, I, I don't think, count on this. They definitely didn't have the veteran depth behind those guys to, if that happens, okay, I got this veteran offensive lineman at 12 years. We'll plug him in and I don't got to worry about it. Instead, you got Mr. Inexperienced Rasheed Walker that you got to throw in there. Uh, and again, you did have Yash. not playing him. Don't know why. Uh, and you kind of set yourself up. And injuries, I think, have really hurt them as much as a youth has, because he can't get going at any point with the same dudes week in and week out. It's always a different cast of characters he's got to play with. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's true. And, and even the guys that are out there, I mean, because you can even say now, like, all right, well, Bakhtiari's out, but the rest of the line is what they wanted it to be coming in, right? It's it's Jenkins, it's Myers, it's Runyon, and it's Tom. Like, that's that's the line they want. I don't yep. think any of those guys are healthy. And and I think, like you said, I think that's the case across the league for this. Like, no one's, like, 100% healthy. We saw Myers go down. Jenkins obviously had the high ankle sprain. I don't think he's 100%. Uh, Tom had, I think, a back a back injury, and I don't think he's back. He's not moving yep. like he was Wait, during those first it. couple of weeks. Like, they just – it's – they, they're having issues up front. And then, yeah, like we talked about, I think the clock is being sped up, but I, everyone deals with injuries. It's <laughs> one of the things I've laughed at. I've been laughing at a little bit this year has been the, the running back discourse, right? Like don't pay running backs, but like Aaron Jones is out like <laughs> short circuits of the offense. Obviously that was not the only issue. Watson was out and there was injuries on the offensive line, but the Packers offensive line this off season was talked about as like one of like a top five group in the league in terms of ideal, because then they had the depth behind it as well. But we're now seeing guys play through injuries. The depth maybe isn't where we thought it was going to be. Rasheed Walker is what second year, fifth round pick, seventh, seventh round pick, seventh round pick uh, that I think he's had moments in pass pro. He looks lost against the run. Like they just, like you said, that, that was, that that's always been the thing with the offense is, if we need a yard, if we need five yards, what's our go-to? What's our play? Well, if you need two to three yards, you you run uh, you run to the B to C gap on the left because you've got movement there. They can't do that now. So when you need that gimme, they don't really have answers because that part they thought was going to be their strength just simply is not there. So I think that that certainly caused some chaos. So I and I don't know what the answer is. The Nyman thing is baffling to me. Uh, I I don't think he's a world beater, but he certainly looks like a playable competent tackle. So the fact that he's not been able to crack this, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. I honestly, I like to see at this point, if you want to keep throwing a shoot walker out there, throw a shoot walker out there. Tom's not right. Throw Nyman over at right tackle for a couple games. Let Tom get right. Let Tom get healthy and then bump him back over to left. If you need to bump, uh, bump Nyman to left, but I'm not sure why he's not getting any run. He is our guy, Dusty Evely. Love him so much. Follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely. He is film analyst for Cheesehead TV, Pack-A-Day podcast, and the Packer Report. He's everywhere you need Dusty Evely to be, including here on Curd and Long. Download Curd and Long on your Odyssey app, or you download your favorite podcast ad, and, of course, streaming live on the uh, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Thank you so much, my friend. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother.